is Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 56 and today I'm going to be talking about a lot of different things. It's been a few weeks since I made a podcast. I think episode 55 was made in the second week of December and I've been having a break over our Australian summer. It's also been the school holidays here in Australia. My husband, Andy, has been home from school for six weeks. He went back to work yesterday. And life is about to change again. We're moving into a new season of our own schooling year. Now, as life is getting a little bit more hectic, music lessons will start up again next week. The girls have various ideas of their own that they want to put into action. Now that... They're not being distracted by Christmas, say, or my husband being home. We're getting back into a more normal routine. And I've been thinking about the year ahead as well, and in particular, this podcast. I've been very aware that I haven't podcasted for quite some time, and it's been really hard to get the microphone out and to pick it up and say, hey, hi, I'm Sue Elvis, and, you know, just get back into the swing of podcasting. Do I really want to do it anymore? Is there any need for it? I actually recorded an episode the other day. I had a free day last week when my husband was away from home and the house was quiet. And I thought, well, I'll record a podcast. Get it posted for Monday of this week, which has already passed. And obviously I didn't publish it. Because when I listened to it later on, I wasn't really happy with it. I felt that I was repeating myself. And this is getting to be a problem. I can hear myself saying things in exactly the same words that I've used in other podcasts, other blog posts. The same words, yes, are reappearing. And I'm getting bored with that. And I think perhaps my listeners are getting bored as well. I haven't got anything new to share. I keep sharing the same old principles. Love unconditionally. Forgive instantly. Let children follow their interests. Trust. Kids are amazing. All those same things that come out again and again. I feel very passionate about those ideas. That's probably why I keep talking about them. I want to tell people about the principles of an unschooling life. But I don't think I have anything new to add. Have I said it all before? I'm also very aware that I speak a lot about my children and what they are doing. And I also think perhaps listeners are getting fed up of hearing the latest story of the Elvis girls. They want something new. I haven't got anything new to tell you. I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying, hey, look at me and my family. That isn't very helpful. So I'm sitting here feeling a little bit discouraged about podcasting. Actually, I was feeling discouraged about blogging this morning as well. I got up and I didn't want to do either. just wanted to close my computer and go off and have new adventures somewhere else. Maybe have some new challenges. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just tired. I used to think that there was nothing worse than the tiredness that comes with having babies and toddlers. Little people who wake you up regularly in the night. But I have discovered that there is a worse sort of tiredness. It's just waking up in the night and not being able to get back to sleep and there being no reason for it whatsoever. Because at least when a little person wakes you up, even though you might have wanted to sleep on, 
it is a useful waking up. You have a little person to see to. Whereas these days, I tend to wake up and just lie there and lie there and lie there and won't get up in the morning not having had enough sleep. Maybe a lot of people suffer from a lack of sleep. I used to think that if we didn't have to sleep, if we always had energy, if there was no such thing as being tired, how different the world would be, how easy it would be to be a saint. We would never get grumpy because we're overtired, never get frustrated because we can't keep up. But I guess tiredness does teach us things. It does give us the opportunity to practice a few virtues. These days, being tired, it doesn't make me angry or upset at all. I just sort of go down a peg and I have a family who rallies round, who understands when I'm tired, who will do things for me. It reminds me of the times when I used to look after them. I used to put all my energy into looking after my children and I didn't resent waking up in the middle of the night to feed them or getting up tired the next morning or always having a little person tugging at me. I mean, there were days when it all became overwhelming, but on the whole, looking back, I'm glad I did it. And I think it teaches our children something as well. It teaches them that they are loved and that we will do anything for them. And I have found that in their turn, they will do anything for me. They want to give back everything that I have given to them. And so they do make me sit down and rest. They see that I've got my tired look on, as Gemma Rose will say. You look tired today, Mum. You've got your tired face on. You sit down. Can I do anything for you? Those words, can I do anything for you? I get asked that question dozens of times a day. It might seem a little bit unbelievable, but my girls are always asking me if they can do anything to help me. And I think, I'm no one really special. Why are they asking this question? Why do they look after me so well? Why do they love me so much? And all I can come up with is that children are basically good people. They need love and they want to show love. And if we give them the opportunity, they're quite happy to show that love to people, to look after people that they love or to look after anybody. If we trust and have faith that they are good people and they will, will respond without us prodding them along, I'm sure they will rise to the challenge. I guess it's when we don't trust, when we think we have to keep reminding them to do things. You know, be good. I can remember saying, be good, to my eldest children such a lot of times. We'd go somewhere and I would say, now don't forget to behave well. Don't forget to be good kids while we're here. And that was sort of saying I didn't trust that they would be good. They needed a reminder. I wrote a blog post in the week about chores and kids. It was actually a transcription of episode 41 of this podcast. And I've talked about some of these ideas before. Well, I've talked about them a lot. This is one of the problems that I am repeating myself. Helpfulness begets helpfulness. That sentence sums it all up, I think. If we want children to help us, we need to help them. And not just help them because it's our duty, but to help them in a cheerful manner, as if it is something we are quite happy to do for them. 
the other day that thought went through my mind. I was washing dishes, and somebody came into the kitchen and said, I would have done that, Mum. And I said, I'm quite happy to do that for you. I wanted to do it for you. And I thought, yes, there is pleasure in doing things for other people, even if the task is boring or unpleasant. It's not the task itself that we are happy to do. It's doing something for someone else, making their life easier. I don't know, doing something out of love. Anyway, my blog post led me to another thought about children and general routine. We want children to help us with the chores, say, or we want them to do certain things, or we hope they will. But telling kids to do things doesn't always work. And I was thinking about how I feel when people tell me to do certain things. Sometimes my reaction is, I was going to do that anyway. You didn't need to tell me that. And then all of a sudden, I don't want to do it anymore, because someone has insisted that I do it. They didn't trust that I was going to do that by myself. Have you ever been in the position where you felt powerless, where you've had no control over the situation whatsoever, and somebody else has all had all the control? I felt like that as an adult, and it's really frustrating. It's not a good feeling not to be have some kind of control. And I wonder how many children feel that way, when adults control their lives and tell them what to do, and they just have to do it. And sometimes children aren't even allowed to give their opinion or to engage in some conversation about whatever the adult wants them to do. I said that I want you to do this, you go and do it. Don't answer back. Yes, I'm the mother and you're the child. Quite often I put myself in the place of children and think, how would I feel if that was said to me or this situation was imposed on me? And I don't really think, as a whole, we treat children with much respect. When I had only a couple of little children years and years ago, I remember going somewhere with another couple and their children, two families together. Now, I can't remember exactly where we went, maybe a picnic or maybe to the swimming pool. And I remember parents shouting at their children and speaking to them with no respect whatsoever. And I made a comment to my friend's husband about how sad it was that parents spoke to their children like that. It sounded to me like they were speaking to their dog. Not that we speak to our dog like that either, but speaking to an animal, a pet, demanding, telling them what to do. And my friend's husband said, well, that's the only way kids will listen. They won't do anything unless we speak to them like that. How very sad. When I wrote my blog post in the week about chores, somebody on Facebook left a little comment about how she thought that it would take kids a while to get used to a new situation if we start treating them with respect, start helping them rather than demanding, putting ourselves out, giving rather than taking, being a good example, changing our way of doing things. She thought that it would take kids time to adjust and they wouldn't necessarily respond quickly. And I totally agree. I think that sometimes we parents expect when we change our behavior, change our way of handling our kids or 
changing our parenting style or our homeschooling style, we expect instant results. And when we don't get instant results, we just fling our arms up in the air, shrug our shoulders and say, hey, that doesn't work. I've tried it and it doesn't work. That's a failure. And then they return to whatever they were doing previously, which didn't work. Or they go searching for something else. And I do think that when we're making changes in our lives, we do have to give things a fair go. Kids must get very confused when we chop and change. If we stop yelling at our kids, maybe they think, will this last? Mum will probably be back to yelling again in a little while. They don't really trust us. And so, yes, it does take time to gain our children's trust. I have probably said this many times before. That's what I mean. I'm repeating myself. How many more person podcasts can I make on the same topics? While I've been lying awake in the middle of the night thinking, I've been thinking, I need a theme maybe, an, a new direction, something to spark off some more interest in my podcasts or my blog posts. But what? I don't really know. I think that once the girls start actively looking for things to do again instead of doing the things they have been doing, which is entertaining themselves with books and photography, going on outings, spending time with my husband, when they're actively looking for resources again, when they're open to my strewing, I'll have more to share because I will be looking for things for them and I'll be saying such things as, look, I found this movie or I found this DVD or this documentary or this book. Would you like to have a look? And then once we get back into the swing of sharing things again, because we've been doing things very much side by side over the Christmas holidays, and I know Gemma Rose, she'll want to do things with me, and I'll be actively looking for interesting resources, and I'll be able to share all that. But this week, I haven't really got a lot to share. When I haven't got a lot to share, I think, what is the point? Sometimes I think that there are a lot of bloggers out there, a lot of unschooling bloggers too, and everybody is saying things far better than I am. So why do I keep on blogging? Get discouraged. The same thing with my books. I'd hoped to have my second children's novel finished by this stage, and somehow it isn't. got distracted over Christmas, though the editing's done, and the book itself is done. I just haven't formatted it. And I got up this morning, and I thought, look, it doesn't really matter, does it, if I never publish another book? We can get very down. The clouds just come in over our day and we can start feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves and a little bit, what am I doing? I haven't got much purpose in life. What am I supposed to be doing? And be ready to give everything up. Go in a new direction. And maybe it isn't that we need a new direction or a challenge. Perhaps it's just we need a rest or a good night's sleep. I don't know. But anyway... About an hour ago, the postman arrived, and he had a letter for me. I thought it was for my goddaughter because it was handwritten. I took it out of the envelope, and it starts off, Dear Mrs. Elvis. My goddaughter doesn't call me Mrs. Elvis. She calls me Auntie Sue. So I knew it wasn't from her without looking to the end of it. Anyway, I'm going to read you the letter because it changed my day. Dear Mrs. Elvis, oh my gosh, I am your biggest fan. It all started at Christmas 
My dad gave me one of the books, The Angels of Abbey Creek. I've got to say that it is one of my favorite books. It was beautiful. I laughed. I almost cried. It moved me. It was great. P.S. I can't wait to read some more. That's written by a nine-year-old boy. And, oh, I had a big smile on my face when I read that. And I thought, it does matter what I do. It does matter if I publish my second book. Because I have two fans. I have my goddaughter who would like to see the book in print. And I have my biggest fan, this nine-year-old boy. If I don't do it for anybody else, I've got to do it for them. It's not about numbers at all. So I'm feeling a little bit more encouraged right this minute. And I probably will keep on podcasting and keep on blogging. I just need some fresh ideas, I think. So don't unsubscribe or unfollow, thinking that that's the end of me. Yeah, having a low day, but I think we all have low days here and there. And as I've been talking, I think, well, look, I sound a bit full of self-pity here. Look, pick myself up, keep on going. We all have something valuable to contribute. And whether we contribute to many people's lives or just a few, it doesn't really matter. So I'm going to end my podcast on a positive note. I'm going to repeat something, but I think that it is worth repeating. It is the beginning of a new school year here in Australia. It is the beginning of a new year for everybody in the world. Well, we're at the end of January, but it's pretty near the beginning of the year. And with the beginning of the year, we always think about what is ahead. Do we need to change anything? It's a good time of year to reassess. Shall we make some resolutions or at least some goals for the coming months? And I would like to say that if you've been thinking about unschooling, give it a go. It's why I blog, it's why I podcast, not to show off my family, not even to record all my family's stories and photos for my benefit later on so we can look back. The reason I podcast and the reason I blog is so that I can share what I have been given, the joy and the love that is associated with unschooling. And I'd like to give you that message. I'd like to say, trust your children. Have no regrets. Give it a go. And don't give it a go for a few days, a few weeks. Because as I said earlier, things take time. We have to earn our kids' trust just like we have to trust them. Give it a fair go. And maybe not change everything all at once. Just gradually slide in to an unschooling way of life. One of my first posts that I ever wrote on this blog was one called Time to Unschool. At the time, I think Gemma Rose was about seven and she was losing her front teeth. And I remember the moment that one of those teeth came out and she showed it to me on the palm of her hand and she was delighted that her tooth had finally come out. And I thought to myself, this is my very last child. I will never go through the experience again of a child losing her front teeth. And she looks so cute. I just wanted to wrap her in my arms and hug her. I probably did. It made me stop and think. My children are getting older and older and there are no new children coming along behind. My homeschooling days, my unschooling days are limited. 
At one point in my life, it seemed like they would go on forever, just like having children. But one day, I didn't have any more children. One day, I will no longer be homeschooling. My children will all have grown up. I think about the life I lead with my children. I am truly blessed to live it. I'm glad that we can live the way we do. We don't live to anybody else's expectations. I listen to my children. They love me. I love them. We don't have any big hassles, any ups and downs. It's hard to put it into a few words. I said in my blog post how I wish that I could have given my first child the childhood that I'm giving my last child. Felicity is our eldest child, and we described her as the guinea pig child. We had to test everything out upon her. I had no mothering skills. I didn't know what I was doing as far as homeschooling. I just tried things out, and some of them worked and some of them didn't. But she didn't have the childhood that I would want her to have. And I said that I wish I could go back sometimes and give her what I have given my youngest daughter. Of course, I can't do that. And she tells me that that's quite all right anyway. She knows she's loved. She doesn't have any resentments because she was the guinea pig child. She said a few beautiful things to me when I expressed my concern about the childhood she'd had. She didn't have the gentle mother. She had the mother who didn't know what she was doing, who yelled a lot. She had the mother who changed the way of homeschooling every few months. I'll try this. I'll try that. I listen to everybody else except my own child. We don't want to experiment on our children. And maybe some people think that unschooling would be a big experiment. Let's stick with what everybody else is doing. We can't be blamed if things go wrong because that is the accepted way. What if we unschool and it doesn't turn out right? What if our child doesn't get all those skills they need? What if they're not prepared for life? What if they don't get into university? A thousand what ifs. But what if we had courage, trusted, and just did it anyway? It could be very exciting. It could be wonderful. So as we get into the new year, that's what I'd like to say. Try unschooling. Be courageous. Try and trust. Especially if your way of doing things isn't working for you. What have you to lose? Because sometimes I think that we do know when things aren't working and we know we have to make some changes, but we don't make those changes because it requires too much letting go, too much courage. It's just safer to keep where we are, keep on doing things the same way. a good ramble today. I've been talking to myself in my bedroom for another, I don't know how long, half an hour, getting back into the swing of recording something. I hope that future podcasts will be full of great ideas, that they will be full of passion, and that you'll want to listen to them, because I'll have something useful to tell you. 
that's what I think a good podcast has to have, and that is passion. Because if the podcaster isn't passionate about what she's talking about, how can she expect the listener to listen? So I ended up on a passionate note, because I am passionate about spreading the word of unschooling. I'm not so passionate about being tired and discouraged, but I guess a lot of people go through days like that. So before I finish, just a quick word about Facebook. I no longer have a Facebook page. I did, and then I didn't, and then I did, and then I didn't again. I just couldn't make my mind up about Facebook. So my page has been closed for a long time now, but I am still posting on my personal timeline, and that's working out really well because I do like to stay in contact with my friends. I post all my blog post stuff there as well, as well as family news and anything else that I want to share with my friends. So if you would like to follow my blog through Facebook, you could follow through my personal timeline. If you do send me a friend request, though, if we don't have any mutual friends, could you please just send me a message to say what our connection is? I've had some strange requests just recently. I had one from a person who looked like they were part of our faith community. I went to his timeline and had a look at the sort of things he was posting. It looked okay. So I accepted his friend request. And then not long afterwards, I got a funny message from him. And for the very first time in my life, I unfriended somebody. It didn't feel safe. So some strange people have asked to be friends. And I'm getting a little bit wary. But if we have some mutual friends, that's quite okay. And I do like making friends with the people who are reading my blog posts or listening to my podcast. Just if you're not sure that I know you or of you, then a message would be appreciated. You can subscribe to this podcast through iTunes, follow it on Podbean, or just follow it along with my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, which I hope will still be there when you pop over to read the show notes. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I think my down day is over. I think sitting down, making myself start this podcast has actually made me feel a lot better. And I'm going to go and reread my fan mail. That's giving me another big smile. So I hope everybody's year has got off to a good start and I look forward to sharing another year with you. Well, until next time, trust, respect and love unconditionally. Thank you.